terrors of tripping on pump. Be there! Scour the spaceways! Explore vast alien worlds! This tin right here contains the whole rigmarole. I used to smoke about an ounce of hash every day. Good. And it made me go a little bonkers. Maybe. If I occupy his mind with more duties, I can control his space. Hi. Big fat Hi. doobies. Hi. 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 What's up, everybody? It's Saturday, March 2nd, 2013. This is episode 136 of the Hotbox. My name is Matt. I'm Kelsey. Okay, dog. What's up, sucker? Not not much. All right. <laughs> Good. Good back and forth. All right. I like feeling, it. feeling positive about this. <laughs> uh, every week, Saturday, right here, hotboxpodcast.com slash live. That's our website. Or the live page, at least. I'm sure from that address, you can figure out what our website is. We got two cameras and a chat room, though, if you want to hang out there with us during the live show. If not, just make sure you're subscribed to iTunes or on whatever other device you use to listen to your podcast with our RSS feed. RSS feed. It's right there on the site, hotboxpodcast.com. So, give us a call if you'd like to... Be one with this discussion, this conversation with your voice and your words. 406-204-4687. That's the phone number. So, what have we missed? It's been about a month since the last weekly episode here. What's been going on? This is your show. What are we doing? What? What's up? Baloney. Talking about the weed stuff, so still illegal. Apparently. <laughs> Still federally illegal? Something like that. Okay. In other words, nothing has changed, and we're probably just going to make this show about something else entirely now. Let's do it. Like dogs? How about right now? Train the dog. Let's, do it. Let's change subjects right here, I'm right going to go kill myself, and you can. <laughs> this is now a dog training podcast. Right. Dogs, <laughs> legal. Yeah. For the most part. See? Everyone has a dog. Pitbulls, maybe not so much in certain states, as we've learned, but <laughs> that's cool. Uh, Oregon is next up on the list of states introducing a legalization bill. Uh, earlier this week from the 420 Times, they reported House Bill 3371 will establish a regulatory system similar to the one in place uh, in the state for alcohol. Hmm. Mm. Following in footsteps... Is that like the most legit way to do it, or is this is this our legislators being lazy and just being like, you know, we could draft up its own regulatory system, but God, that would just take work. And I don't know if you know this or not, but we try to do as less work, as little amounts of work as possible, being government officials. So. We're just going to copy and paste <laughs> our alcohol uh, regulation, and you can just use that for the weed stuff. We'll so. see how that goes, I guess. Uh, similar for alcohol for the cultivation, production, and sale of cannabis to adults over 21. Adults would be allowed to possess up to 24 ounces. It's not bad, right? It's like, what, a pound and a half or a pound and a quarter? It's over a pound. We'll say a little <laughs> over a pound. No math in this show. Uh, of usable marijuana, so like the 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 good stuff, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. This is important. This is very important. You need to talk into that thing there. There you go. 
See how that works? Now when you turn your head, you'll be talking into it. See what I did there? Tricked you. Yes, you did. Tricked you into being recorded on the show. Ha <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they can grow up to six plants in their homes in addition to purchasing it from regulated retail outlets like your local Walmart. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I don't know. I guess. They tried before, right? When Oregon or when Washington and Colorado passed theirs. Right. That same night, there was one in Oregon also, but it did not pass. Right. Uh, advocates are eyeing 2016 for another run at the ballot if legislative efforts fail. But again, like we've been saying since the onslaught of this show, it's not federal. Right. This is still just a state initiative. But it's still pretty exciting. It's definitely a good start. We, in the we're seeing more and more states pushing for the exact same thing right now, actually. I mean, we have uh, right. uh, California and Florida right now are trying to do the same thing. Are they also? Uh, yeah. I was wondering, like, why California? So really, I mean, why did they wait so long? I I would have almost, if I was a betting man, I would have bet money that Cali would have done this before or or before right. Washington and Colorado. Right. I would have thought California just and because they were the first. Like they right. had it the longest. They know the most about how the whole system works. Like why? Why did it take them this long to get to it? Or that was another one on the ballot last that didn't go through though. Right? It was close. Right, but, but I think people. now that I mean we're, we're we're pressing the issue and it's getting, you know, whether they they pass or they're you know they don't go through again, it's something that's being brought to light over and over in multiple states, and it's not something that hopefully can go ignored for just, too much longer. I feel like though every time this issue is pushed and brought, it's like such a waste of money. I mean, it's it's not a waste if it would go through, but states that have to do this like every two or four years. That's so much money that's getting spent on doing the same thing without, you know, getting a different outcome out of it. And I mean, maybe, maybe this next time will be the time, or maybe the time after that will be the time, or maybe the time after that. You what know? else it's, are you going to do? <laughs> well, yeah, I know. It just seems like a waste that we could funnel that money. Like we, we could have solved this problem like 20 years ago. Oh, and right. this whole time for the last 20 years, we could have been funneling all of this amazing profit into something that would help better our society right. if it locally. Passed the first time, maybe. Yeah, maybe. exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, it seems like a waste that it has to happen sure. so many times before people realize what the fuck is going on. Uh, the momentum behind legalization continues to build in states all over the country. Activists must seize this moment and strive even harder to bring freedom to cannabis users everywhere. Freedom. People who are not harming freedom. <laughs> People who are not harming anyone else yet are still treated like criminals. So, Joe I think Claire that writing. kind of leads into this other uh, topic we have to discuss here. Sure. Um, that the DEA's, their funding is kind of, the budgets are getting cut a little bit. Budgets? I mean, everybody, if you have a budget, it's getting cut. Right. Like, I'm glad we don't have a budget, because if we did, <laughs> it'd be getting cut right now. So there's uh, reason to believe on some ends that that's going to affect the war on drugs as we know it. Well, if in any tactical situation, your best bet besides destroying infrastructure communication is cutting off the funding. If you have no funding, you have no resources to 
arm yourself to put manpower out in the field and this and that. So in this war on drugs, if the DEA is considered the enemy, this is a legit way to, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it sucks, too, because they could be doing a good job. They could be cleaning up the streets of all these freaking meth addicts and these pill junkies that we see just like walking zombies down the street or I I mean, there, there just seems like there's so much still that they could be doing that they're not focusing on because of this weed thing. And it's like you're you attack the weed stuffs and the people doing that. And that's not bettering society. You're actually doing this at a detriment to society because those people have families. They have jobs. They're good people for the most part. And I mean, people are shit and you have shitheads in every aspect of life. But generally, in my experience, your mileage may vary. Uh, potheads are cool people. Like they're nice people. They're chill. They're laid back. They're mellow. I think they're we all know no one stuff. smokes weed. And yeah, exactly. Violence. It's that old like, argument. But meth addicts. I mean, a lot of this. If you focus on that sort of stuff, all of the other crimes. If we're focusing on the actual drugs and enforcing that. Well, then, the problematic yeah. drugs. And I would say, I mean, in a perfect world, everything would be legal, and humans individually would regulate themselves. But that's never going to fucking happen. So yeah. if you do have to go after drugs and help society in process, it seems like meth and pills, There, there's big problems with that. Uh, the K2, the spice, the fake weed that's actually hurting people, the bath salts. I mean, you could be focusing on that stuff. And then in the process of cleaning up that, Society overall benefits because you're removing that negativity from the pool of everybody here. Right. And you're not fucking with the people that are dealing in weed, thus, you know, destroying those families, taking away those jobs, and this and that. Right. So it, and instead, what we have is because they've the, been spending, the what is it, $2.02 billion a year. So they're losing $166 million from this budget of $2.02 billion. Um... <laughs> It says the, uh, for reasons unbeknownst to this reporter, the White House has yet to raise the point that sequestrian will hamper the drug war. For instance, Attorney General Eric Holder sent a letter to Senator Barbara something earlier this month detailing which of his agencies would be most affected by sequestration, 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 castration, (laughs) a word, Uh, and the DEA was conspicuously absent from that list. So So the DOD's drug interdiction and counter drug activities budget of 1.6 billion is getting cut by $157 million. So, I mean, these are like large cuts. I mean, if you add it all up to get your $2 billion number there. Yeah. Uh, the DOJ Interagency Crime and Drug Enforcement Budget, they had $528 million, getting cut by $43 mil. The DEA Diversion Control Fee Account Budget, $335 million, reduced by $25 million. The Office of National Drug Control Policy, they have a budget of $25 million, which is now going to be $23 million. And other federal drug control programs that have a total budget of $100 million will get $8 million in cuts. So, uh, I mean, step in the right direction? or I mean, this 
honestly, if you think about it, these budgets are, were so bloated to begin with. Yeah. Even with these cuts, they're still bloated. Like you're, what are you, what are you accomplishing? What positive are you accomplishing with that amount of money? Like what? Because things haven't really changed in like the last, I don't know, fifty years in this regard. So. Money well spent right. as a taxpayer? Do you feel like your your money is being well managed and you spent properly? So happy about Could this? Could we see more dispensary raids? That would make me sleep better at night oh, knowing yeah. that you're closing down these legit businesses where you know people that, that want the weed stuff or even in most cases actually need the weed stuff uh, can go get it. But whatever. A decade into its fight against medical marijuana, a cash-strapped DEA would arguably have bigger priorities. Really? Like what? Cartels and prescription pill mills? Really? Do tell. Do tell. Well, that's good. I mean, we'll see what ends up really happening. $2.02 billion in staffing and appropriations budget. Damn. So much money. I know. I'm just like, like $2 billion. I mean, that it's reducing how much funding they get to how much they had like back in 02 and 03, which is still fucking ridiculous. Yeah. There's so much money. So much money. I, I, I can't even like, fa- I mean, Scrooge McDuck doing laps in the gold, co- you know, like that's <laughs> right. all, so, so much money. All right, uh, let's move on. I want to talk about this a little bit. Uh, this is from Nidorama.com. This is a really interesting story. I'm just going to kind of read this to you, and we can uh, comment. It, it's quite long, so we're not going to go through the whole thing, but we will put a link to it in the show notes at hotboxpodcast.com so you can uh, read the whole story. But it starts out about this scientist. Um, As medical marijuana gains acceptance across the country, one scientist thinks LSD should be next. And this is, there was an interesting talk uh, with a Dr. Charles Grob on one of the latest episodes of Tangentially Speaking. And they were talking about uh, the doing research on, like, psychological research using psychedelics, uh, mushrooms, whatnot. And they, they did one of the, the points, and I'll put a link to the episode in the, in the show notes also, because it was really interesting. But uh, one of the points they, they focused on was terminally ill patients cancer patients whatever people that knew they were dying they they had a like a really hard time coming to terms with death like sure. imminent end being nigh like like right. right there like around the corner you know and so they did these sessions with people and they gave them psilocybin and they said like 90% or something of these patients that went through this counseling completely changed afterwards like accepted it were more their quality of life was better in the end day because they weren't stressed they weren't worried they were like at peace and i think i mean it has a lot of benefit potential in psychology i mean it's yeah i i barely do it justice you gotta listen to these guys these doctors like actually talk about it but it's it is really interesting how how that works and how you can use these substances if they were easily more easily to research 
easier to get your proper, you know, credentials to get the research done. Uh, you could unlock uh, some serious shit in somebody's mind. Yeah, I mean, it's not the most widely studied. No, and I world. forget one of the. I, I can't remember if it was Dennis or Terrence. One of the McKenna's, I think, said something that uh, studying psychology without being able to use psychedelics is like studying biology without a microscope. Basically, you just completely like stifle your possibilities there because sure. you're you're limiting like you're taking out this whole section. And they there's parts of the brain that these guys have learned so much about. But the only reason that they learned what they did was through the use of psychedelics. Like right. they never would have even began to understand how this certain part of the brain, I forget what it does. It, it's all in that, that podcast. Cause don't we know that we only use X amount of our brain normally and under psychedelics, there are certain parts of the brain that become activated. Yeah, certain parts light up a little more yeah. and get activated and then quiet back down after the trip. And that's, I think that's where a lot of that intrinsic yeah. spiritual awakening comes from. And just as we have cannabinoid receptors in our body, obviously we're reactive to other, you know, natural substances in this way. And it's worth looking into yeah even if i mean even if not like it isn't it at least worth looking into more than i mean they did a lot of studies on this stuff like the the military was checking it out you know a little brainwashing here and there uh, a lot of a lot of people i mean they were using mdma ecstasy for marriage counseling back in the day so we know that that it has been studied but as soon as our government got on that whole anti-drug kick like no they, way they had to populate these bullshit schedules with substances. And so, it yeah, it stifled our psychological... I mean, we could be feeding kids a lot less Ritalin and antidepressants and all this other stuff if this other shit was studied more. Yeah. Because I bet you, you send a little ADD kid at the age of eight through a little mushroom trip. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, you come out a little different on the other side. A little different. Probably for the better. <laughs> long before he was a scientist, long before he wrote more than 100 journal articles, held six mm -hmm. patents, or became an investigator for the NIH's Alzheimer's Disease Research Center, Juan Sanchez Ramos was an acid-dropping street artist. He had come to Paris in 1967 from Venezuela, intent on soaking up all the jazz and culture the city had to offer. His father, his two uncles, and his older brother were all doctors, and Sanchez Ramos was expected to follow the family blueprint. Instead, he chose art. When student riots in Paris shut down his school and his father cut off his funds, a defiant Sanchez Ramos decided to stay, hawking tourist portraits across Europe for pocket money and immersing himself in the psychedelic counterculture of the era. That's when he took his first hit of LSD. Uh-oh. Whoosh! <laughs> like, whoa, hold on, bud. For Sanchez Ramos, dropping acid was an intensely intellectual experience. He was fascinated by the vivid technicolor hallucinations, warped perception of time and space, and the temporary dismantling of the ego. You see the relationship between time and matter, body and soul, he recalls. But what intrigued him the most was his brain's chemistry. Quote, I was extremely curious about how the brain generated consciousness, how images occur in the visual system of the brain. 
Since casual experimentation wouldn't answer his questions, he grasped for the science. As others of his generation turned on, tuned in, and dropped out. Leary, <laughs> control your mind. Uh, Sanchez Ramos' mind-altered state inspired him to drop into graduate school in pharmacology, landing him right back on the academic track his parents had wished for him. Today, Sanchez Ramos is a clinical neurologist who's been studying neurodegenerative disorders for more than 30 years. Slim and youthful, his dark hair streaked with gray, you can still see hints of the Latin playboy he once was. Whoa. <laughs> Moral of the story, LSD uh, is a gateway drug to becoming a scientist. To becoming a hot playboy Latin scientist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he delights in regaling visitors with tales of his youthful adventures, and he brings the same exuberance to his work. Uh, although research on psychedelics still hovers on the fringe of social acceptance, Sanchez Ramos has never yielded to popular sentiment. Instead, the artist-turned-scientist has aggressively pushed for the study of illegal drugs, hop, hopping, ha-ha, typo, hoping to force regulatory agencies to acknowledge that the million... Another typo, Jesus, Nidorama. Uh, the, the million suffering from neurodegenerative diseases deserve every chance at a cure. Quote, our whole drug policy is fundamentally mistaken in that it tries to ascribe good or bad qualities to the drugs themselves and ignores the relationship people have with these drugs. That's Rick Doblin, uh, one of Sanchez Ramos' colleagues and the founder of the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, MAPS, which you can also find Charles Grob, the doctor that was on the Tangentially Speaking episode. He writes for MAPS as well. It's an amazing website. I would definitely, we got a link to that in the show notes also. Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. And they actually look for people that, like, they, to study. So I, I was kind of thinking <laughs> of, like, putting my name in the hat. Like, I've done this. I'm experienced. Let's do it. What do you want to study? Ibogaine, done it. Mushrooms, done it. Acid, done it. DMT, done it. Let's do this. I'll do it again. Do it more. I'm doing it right now. Uh, so yeah, uh, then it talks about how LSD was first prescribed in the 50s to treat psychiatric disorders. Doctors became interested in LSD because of its chemical similarity to serotonin, one of the neurotransmitters linked to anxiety and depression. Uh, LSD is like a chemical microscope that allows you to amplify signals that don't normally come into everyday consciousness. That's so awesome. <laughs> Uh, initially, doctors and academics were incredibly optimistic about LSD's clinical value. Uh, between 1950 and 1965, more than 1,000 research papers were published on the therapeutic benefits of LSD. Over 1,000 papers, like legit that's gonna be, uh, doctor that's gonna mean papers. <laughs> yeah. A uh, California radiologist named Herman Hartman teamed up with psychiatrist Arthur Chandler to set up the Psychiatric Institute of Beverly Hills, charging $100 a pop for acid-augmented sessions. Mm. Nice. At its peak, treatment rooms were crowded with Hollywood luminaries like Cary Grant and Esther Williams. Canadian scientists were equally enamored with the drug, and in the late 50s, researchers gave LSD to World War II vets who were chronic alcoholics. When they followed up one year later... 55% were still sober. <clears throat> Not bad for the acid trip. Uh, so he says, Today it isn't just LSD that Sanchez Ramos is interested in. He believes its siblings, 3,4-methylidioxymethamphetamine, MDMA, uh, and psilocybin, which is the mushrooms, and uh, mescaline, which is peyote, and the dimethyltryptyline, DMT, which is in the ayahuasca. Uh, he thinks they hold untapped medical benefits. Uh, I'd have to agree with him. 
You have to take this out of the realm of mythology. A drug that is taboo may be extremely useful, but if it's taboo, you'll never find out. Oh. Currently, most psychedelics are illegal, classified by the U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency as Schedule 1. This makes, uh, which means substances with no medicinal value. This makes getting federal funding and the drugs needed for trial studies virtually impossible. It sounds familiar. Do we, why do we, oh yeah, marijuana. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, pretty much. Today, a growing number of labs all over the world are exploring the use of such drugs to treat tough-to-combat diseases like cluster headaches, alcoholism, PTSD, depression, and anxiety. Sanchez Ramos is primarily concerned with a different pathology. Uh, so... Ah, what, uh, he, he was looking in the MAOs, the mono, monoamine oxidase uh, MAOI inhibitors and, and whatnot. Uh, he did a study in 2000, him and several other, they did their own controlled study on bantisterine as a potential treatment because of legal restrictions in the U S they set up shop in Ecuador. (laughs) Nice. Uh, they found the drug improved motor function in those suffering from Parkinson's, even after a single dose. Uh, there were also some nasty side effects like nausea and vomiting. (laughs) And, uh, at ayahuasca ceremonies, participants are often advised to bring a bucket. You should, uh, probably bring a bucket. So, uh, it just kind of goes on, but it, it, this is like a classic example of, the government interfering with the f- the evolution of medicine, really. I mean, when you get down yeah. to it, psychology, even I mean, even physical, like physiology, you you can motor skill. I mean, there, it's here, it's all right here. But rather yeah. than than uh, studying this stuff, I mean, they talk about ibogaine, and there's so much that we don't know. But that we will never find out because of these ridiculous laws. And they're plants. I mean, we should be able to. Yeah, study all of them this stuff comes from. Is that weird? Like, it all plants. comes from fungus or plants? Right. I mean, like, that's crazy. It's all right we there. We shouldn't just say, well, they do this. So and leave it doesn't it cost $1,000 a pill. <laughs> like, it's, <laughs> it's right there. Yeah, it's just silly. Uh, he also, this is interesting, the, he began collaborating on a clinical study led by Deborah Mash, who was the lady that started the Ibogaine clinic I went to. Uh, they were at the University of Miami for the use of Ibogaine to treat drug addiction. Uh, this derived from the root bark of the African shrub called Tabernath Iboga. Ibogaine had been popular in the 19th century Paris as a diet drug. Whew. Yeah, you wouldn't eat, that's for sure. <laughs> And, I mean, you guys know, if you listen to the show, I've told the story about how that came to be and Howard Lotsoff and uh, his Ibogaine trip and, and whatnot and how they set up the, the clinics and everything. So I'll put a link to this in the show notes, hotboxpodcast.com. It's a pretty interesting read over there on Nitorama. Uh, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about this. A woman in Massachusetts, uh, she's suing FedEx because she got <laughs> special delivery. Woo-woo. She got a box uh, with some weed stuffs in it. Just Not just a little bit, though. Nah, just, <laughs> you know, a little. Uh, she said the company mistakenly sent her a package containing seven pounds of weed, then gave her address to the intended recipients, who later showed up at the door. Like, yo, FedEx said you got something for me. Right. <laughs> 
she said the suit filed uh, February 12th that by disclosing her address, the company violated state privacy laws and I put herself so. and her children in danger. Why would FedEx be like, oh, yeah, here's the package? Do right. You, like, that's... Oh, actually, I dropped this off at this other lady's house. Here you I go. I mean, unless it's her neighbor, but it doesn't sound like it. That's... She says, quote, I feel like the safety of my daughters and myself was invaded, and it makes things complicated. Really? Like, like <laughs> Facebook status update complicated, or... Uh, I walk into my house first every time. My kids don't. Tobin said she thought the package was a birthday present for her daughter because when she opened it, she found candles, pixie sticks, and peppermint. There was also something she thought was potpourri, but it was just pot. (laughs) Oh, man. People are so stupid. Tobin said that about an hour later, a man knocked on her door looking for the package while two men sat in a vehicle in her driveway waiting Hmm. she said she didn't have it bolted and slammed the door tobin claims fedex gave out her address which led the men to her home police made an arrest but tobin said now she's worried about retribution well maybe you shouldn't have been such a bitch and just gave them their weed and not even dealt with this in the like you're whatever this is what happens when when weed is illegal. Like this kind yeah. of stupid unnecessary interaction oh, I bullshit. Call the cops. Yeah, like and was any none of this was ne- them shipping the weed through fucking FedEx wasn't necessary. Right. But because of the like you know they it's so stupid. It's such a waste. It, not it, constantly just all we're doing is wasting. It's it's such a waste. So uh, you want to talk about this, the anti-marijuana group that's uh, maybe not so good at telling the truth? Which, can you have an anti-marijuana group that tells the truth? You, The only way that's possible would be on a personal level if you and your friends were like, personally, we don't like marijuana. So we're going to form this anti-marijuana group. But you guys, like, it's it's just us. It's not you. It's me. I think if you are informed of the facts, then uh, you'd probably be a proponent unless you but don't. But the thing is, like, you don't have to want to smoke it or enjoy smoking it or anything. Like, that's cool. That's your prerogative. But you shouldn't have the dumb bitch-ass attitude that, like, oh, you're, you can't do it either. Right. Or it's going to, like, that, that just, that whole thing, it seems... It's like the lady with the FedEx package. She's like, you know, right. this wasn't hurting anybody, but she was still a it's bitch a and called the cops. Right. There's, there's no point to. So, uh, Ka- Kevin, Kevin Sabet, is this the guy that Russ Belleville's site was making so. a little fun of? What was that site? Oh, what was that site? That uh, was a good site. Sam. It was, uh, what was Sam? <laughs> We'll have to reference back trying not to, to the, spill this here. the other and, show. Too. Okay, it was uh, da, 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 smartapproaches.com. So definitely check out Russ Belleville's site. <laughs> this is so awesome. I love it. Oh, yeah, here we go. Yeah, So you and you guys can check that out at smartapproaches.com. Uh, but, yeah, wasn't this... That was his, his whole thing about it was... Yeah. All right. So, 
Uh, let's see. What does he say here? Whoa. <laughs> Kevin Sabet, a former advisor in the drug czar's office and co-founder of the anti-marijuana group Project Sam, said that 90% of medical marijuana users are registered for ailments such as headaches and athlete's foot. And that, whoa, weed treats athlete's foot? That's why I never get it because I smoke weed allegedly like I don't get athlete's foot or cancer because I smoke weed. Right. There you go. And that only 10% of card holders have cancer or were glaucoma patients. Uh, Kevin, do you want more people to have cancer? Is that what you're saying? When Sabet spoke to the Columbus Dispatch, however, he told the paper that just 5% of those received. He caught a fish. This bit, you know, Pretty that's what much. he's—he's moving the fucking goal. He's button. saying what he 2%, wants. Two percent when he wants. One percent, negative ten percent. Yeah, sir, uh, you can't actually have negative like, percent. Um, negative twenty-five percent. Don't you know who I am? I'm Kevin Sabet, you motherfucker. Negative fifty percent. Negative infinity. No backsies. No right. tixies. You dick. Can I have the lighter, please? Thank you. 5% of those receiving medical marijuana have severe medical problems, and that ailments for which marijuana was most often prescribed were headaches and stress. So is it 95% or 90%? Are they faking it with stress, or is it athlete's foot? Who knows? I thought it was headaches and stress. Maybe Project Sam co-founder Patrick Kennedy can clear things up. Here's what he told the reporter in January... 80% of those who have applied for medical licenses have no cancer, no Parkinson's disease or glaucoma. They have nothing you would associate with the use of medical marijuana. Hmm. So 80% of medical marijuana users are faking it, not 90 or 95. And Parkinson's is now on the serious illness list. I love this article. When PolitiFact decided to dig into Kennedy's claim, Sabet told the reporting group that, quote, Kennedy didn't mean that the 80% have no legitimate reason to use the drug. Oh, really? Because I thought that's why you said that. So does that mean Sabet thinks athlete's foot is a legitimate reason to use medical marijuana? By the way, PolitiFact concluded that Kennedy was, quote, right about the comparatively small percentage of medical marijuana patients who use it for the conditions he named, but he is wrong that most of those using the drug do so for conditions not associated with it. The mathematical discrepancies in Project Sam's claims don't end there, of course. Alex Seitzwald profiled Sabet for Salon last month, uh, Salon.com, and he noticed that the anti-pot activists had given several different numbers for the potency of today's marijuana. No way. He, he told Salon that today's marijuana is ten times more dangerous than the marijuana <gasps> of the 60s. Ooh! He told the HuffPo that it's five to six times greater in potency. And he wrote in a U.S. news op-ed that it's four to five times stronger. So, mm, hmm. kind of dicks. If you're going to lie about weed, you should pick one lie and then, like, follow that to your grave. Right. You would think that if you're going to lie about it, you could at least lie well, considering all of these lies are going to be documented. We have and- this thing. It's called the Internet. Maybe you've heard of it. Uh, apparently not, because you didn't buy smartapproaches.com. That's right. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. 
Let's look at the most recent here on Project Sam, smartapproaches.com here. Link between pot, psychosis goes both ways in kids, so ban adult use. Marijuana may be linked to the development of psychotic symptoms in teens, but the reverse could also be true. Psychosis in adolescents may be linked to later pot use. According to a new Dutch study, quote, We have focused mainly on temporal order. It is it the chicken or the egg? As the study shows, it is a bi-directional relationship, wrote the study's lead author, Meryl Griffith Lendering, a doctoral candidate at Leiden University in the Netherlands. Uh, quote, Previous research established links between marijuana and psychosis, but scientists question whether pot use increased the risk of mental illness or whether people were using pot to ease their psychotic symptoms, like, you know, hallucinations and delusions. Mildly important. Look yeah, go. I'm pretty, I know, these hauling ass up there. <laughs> it's awesome. Uh, what is interesting in this study is that both processes are going on at the same time. That's Dr. E. Gregory Seeger, Medical Director for Addiction Services at Rochester General Hospital. In other words, we should continue to allow Mexican cartels to control American marijuana markets so that they will peddle marijuana of unknown quality to adolescents, some of whom are going to develop psychosis, others who are self-medicating their psychoses without ever being checked for identification by a licensed adult in an adults-only store. Yay! Thank you, smartapproaches.com. So, <laughs> unbelievable. This is, it's people like this. Like, how did this big-nosed dipshit get so much pull in the way society functions? Like, who is he... I am amazed that these people tie their shoes in, in in the morning when they put them on. That, like, you can't even lie right. That's your job. You your job is to lie, and you're not even lying right. At least be consistent. That's all. Can we can we just ask for a little consistency? You know who's consistent? Mexican drug cartels. That's right. You know what they're doing now? Again. They're they're basically they made the equivalent of a potato gun. I use that as a reference here because this is Montana and we make potato guns and they go foom. Yeah. <laughs> foom. Make such a cool sound. So, uh Mexican drug cartels are using giant potato guns, basically these improvised cannons to blast packages of drugs over the border. Just like launching drugs over the border. If they were shooting cats, it would be a catapult. Ha! Police in the border city of Mexicali seized a homemade cannon last week. Uh, the device, powered by an old car engine converted into an air compressor, can shoot as much as 13 keys of weed from its plastic pipe more than 500 feet. How did they get these statistics? Did they go play with it? Or did yeah, they ask yeah. the owners? Stuff that like... shit full. <laughs> Let's see. Six or 13... Kilos equals pounds. Google, tell me. It's 28 pounds. So you can launch 28 pounds over 500 feet with Pretty one of these. decent. Imagine how far a potato would go. You could put a whole sack of potatoes in there. You probably could, right? <laughs> 28 pounds worth. Put Shit. A couple. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I mean, it's terrible that their nasty brown frown Mexi weed is making it over our borders, but... <laughs> I don't know. Are Again, you smoking this that? This is what you're doing by this making it, it right? illegal. Proof positive. 
You want Mexicans to be black? What's they next? They wouldn't have to be launching potato gun weed over the border. <laughs> potato gun weed. If if it was legal, uh, just so you guys know. What if they launched little Mexicans over the border with that same little apparatus? Pound little twenty-eight Mex- pound midget Mexicans uh, just. Boom. It's ah, possible. Coño. It's possible. Viva America! There could be a, there could be a trampoline boom. or a net on the right. other side. It'd be very Would it be the beanbag game where you have to throw the bean? Never mind. This is getting racist. I apologize for my Despicable. racist girlfriend. Yep, that's me. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, they just keep finding this stuff over there, and you know what? Is it ever gonna change? No. Never. Would it ever stop? <laughs> no. 85 pounds of weed worth $42,500. They found it. Just, there's some weed. <sighs> you know who else is smoking weed, and this is, I, I... I don't even know, like, how I should feel about this, but you guys remember, if you listen to the jam hall, I mean, if you just listen to really anything, this lady was the butt of many a jokes. You will know her as the Octomom. She's had, like, Xanax addictions. Wasn't she, like, an alcoholic for a while? She tried to do porn, I think. I I don't know, but... The latest bid to keep her relevant and in the news is that now Miss Nadia is the proud owner of a medical marijuana card. Guess what for? For having eight fucking children. Fourteen children yeah, now that she cares 14. for here. Anxiety. You a little anxious? Yeah? yeah? Too many little more than you bargained for there? Too many Christmas. Can you imagine? No, I can imagine running one daycare that never ever the, the leaves. Parents never come by to pick those children ever. up. They don't leave. Into the mic. You're talking down here. The, it's right here. That's move it then. I Make know, a I mean, bunch of noise. Just it's, shake. It's the fine. Shit out of it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, hey, when's your mom coming? You're my mom. What would fucking kill myself. They never go away. Never. There's 14 of them. Until they turn 18, would you just be kicking them out like a mother bird just pushing her birds off the nest? Like I, hoping I they've learned how to fly? I mother bird that just smothered them as soon as they... <laughs> Yeah, like I can't. Take With a this. little pillow, like the animals that stomp the babies after they're born, right? Or yeah. th- or like the Spartans that throw their little retarded babies off the cliff. The lions that no consume good. their cubs. Yeah. Anxiety. Yeah. I would say like depression. <laughs> Maybe that wasn't on the list. <laughs> oh man, could you? I. I almost would say the Xanax is probably going to help you a little more in this case. Like, I don't think I could smoke enough weed to deal with that. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't think one person sober could handle 14 children properly. No, how many, what's the ratio at a daycare? There's like one person to how many kids? There's different legal statutes, I think. It's not 14. Right. (laughs) That's for fucking sure. Right. Holy Christ. She got the card two days after leaving rehab for Xanax addiction. The marijuana she consumes is primarily embedded in cookies and other bakery products. I hope she keeps the lock on the refrigerator. Right? 
Nadia ingests the pot both at home and on the road during appearances. Where are you appearing at? Like, Walmart to get diapers? I mean, is she still... Has anyone seen this lady in years? How old are these kids? How have you remained so relevant for so long just from doing something for all these children she does something everybody everybody gets knocked up and has kids eventually not 14 well that's because she was taking all that shit to make her more fertile and stuff like she did that shit on purpose right this is a government engineered distraction not sure I'm pretty sure. We've got to have something to chemically, us and distract us. This is a chemically engineered distraction <laughs> for your pleasure. She's like a, she's a preg bot. She's a pee bot. Kind of gross. Yeah. Your whole thing is to just raise these kids and try not to kill yourself in the process, right? That's... Mm. We're told Octo, who considers herself preg... Can we not call her Octo? <laughs> who considers herself primarily responsible for the well-being of her kids, believes the children are not at risk even when she's not all there. And speaking of not there, uh, we told Octo does not get high when the nannies are around, meaning she's the only one in the house caring for the kids. So, the question, I pose this to you, Mm K-Dog, can a parent temporarily check out by using pot when they have more than a dozen kids? Or is it never okay? Uh, a single person caring for more than a dozen kids, like I said, sober is hard enough. I doubt they need to be spacey or, uh, you know, in, in, under the influence of short-term memory loss and things She that will send responsible short-term. weed smokers further back on their quest to blow O's in public. <laughs> One of the comments here on the story. Splendid, yeah. Frankly, if you have 14 kids to take care of, I think you need a little weed from time to time. <laughs> Right, I don't see anything wrong with smoking weed and having kids, but while she's the only one caring for these children, you should probably be on top of your game. I don't know, though. You could, I could do that. I mean, I can smoke weed and do whatever. It's not... Right, but it depends on the person. I could juggle. I mean, it's not that... Well, yeah. There's a difference between... That's true. ...taking a How bite good of a brownie of, and are you eating good at smoking two pot? brownies. Are you good? Are you experienced? Everyone, I mean... If she's getting completely stoned, I doubt that's a good idea. If she's taking a bite that's of That's true. Brownie, Edibles is a different buzz, too, for sure. Right. That's like kind of dick in the dirt shit. <laughs> for real. It <laughs> like makes you want to sleep. Yeah, it does. It makes... I don't know, man. I, I, I like it, for but children while I'm all groggy. I prefer like, smoking, uh, for sure, over eating it. Yeah. But... How many parents are having a drink or two every evening? Why right. is this any different? Cut her some slack. The doctor that allowed her to go ahead with all these babies should be shelling out some cash to help out, I think. Really? <laughs> I think she is far from perfect, but I, for one, don't want to cast stones. Because Jesus said, if I cast stones, people will throw stones at me. And that's not cool. She's getting by the best she can. She has a roof over their heads, gets them to school and fed, and she tries to work. Perhaps not the most PTA-friendly of jobs, but better than losing the kids and being on the street. Hmm. Well, word to that, Anne. Word to that. (laughs) Turd is on welfare. She makes real needy people look bad. (laughs) I love the comments. 
And then Rocco kind of agrees with what you're saying. He says, I'd be more concerned about the kids getting hold of the cookies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, cupcake. Oh, bleh. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, it's been a while since we talked about the fake weed stuff. It goes by the name K2 Spice. You guys know all about that shit, I'm sure. Uh, the bath salts and whatnot. It's all the same kind of like gas station drugs, you know? Headshot drugs. That kind of bullshit. People smoke it because it doesn't show up on drug tests. That's the biggest cop-out. I mean, it, maybe it's not, but th- that's the biggest excuse I hear is that I would smoke weed if I could, but since I can't, I have to smoke this. Uh, because it doesn't show up on the drug tests, and That's some of the some of the chemicals in this shit is not exactly very good for you. But anyway, th- that aside, uh, there's a story here uh, out of New Zealand about this kid that he bought a car actually by selling the K2 to people at school. So this kid would just like go buy a bunch, twenty bucks a packet, right, and then he would sell them at school for like what thirty, forty, fifty bucks a packet, make profit, go buy more. Which, if you think about it, this is like the young weed dealer's dream to have. Usually when you're doing that, uh, when you're a kid, like the thing that gets messed up is the supply. Like there's always a glitch in the supply. Something happens. Somebody does something stupid. And then your customers go elsewhere because if you don't got it, somebody else does. Mm -hmm. So if you could technically just roll to the gas station every day and pick up your fucking 10 packets, 20 bucks a pop, sell them 50 bucks a pop. There you go. Like, you would never run... Yeah, I'd be buying, like, cars all day long. Mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah. Good deal, I guess. Uh, parents need to wake up to the synthetic cannabis issue. A lot of parents... See, like, why can't we focus on this, even? Because this is legit. This is this not good for people. Count. <laughs> this does, right? Like, this is not... Why are we focusing on zero death count when there's, like, big death count? Well, not big, but there is... People are going nuts and not, it's just generally not a good thing for society. I think we can all agree that, that this is people, people pay attention. Fuck. So a lot of parents are just naive. They need to watch their kids, what they're doing and their behavior. It could be their kids are smoking this. The founder of the Youth Health Center said they knew of children as young as 13 taking K2. It's worse than cannabis. You've got no idea what's in it. So, it's a good point. Yeah. I mean, it's a concerning trend, they say. New good. Watch out for that shit. Bath salts and uh, K2 and the spice. The spice is spice. No bueno. So, alright. I think that's a about it. I thought this was mildly entertaining oh, please. real quick. Um, sure. <laughs> an ingenious lamppost-powered cannabis farm was found on Wasteland. Let's see here. Drug dealers set up an underground cannabis farm in a specially dug vault, which took its electricity supply from a nearby lamppost. The chamber, which measured 8 feet by 6 feet, by six feet was accessed by a ladder uh, kitted out of wood with or excuse me kitted out with wood and ceiling the walls had been fitted with ventilation and water systems filters fans lighting and timers it was found <coughs> on wasteland at wagonway road in hebron so south these Hainside? these guys just uh like tapped into the the wiring to, that a, a powers the lamp post and to, then ran post. that shit to their little un- that's fucking awesome i mean it's shitty that the law is designed as such to make people have to do this kind of shit because i mean if you 
that's a lot of power. You could like really hurt yourself <laughs> messing with that, and you may start a fire. But yeah. because we got it, everybody's got to do this on the download now because of Dick's politics. Like it's this Apparently, is what you get. Dick's uh, politics this is what you get. The farm was spotted by a police officer on the beat who noticed a lamppost that on had been beat. tampered with. Uh, he followed an electric wire from a lamppost to a small wooded area. There he found an underground cannabis farm. It had been dug into the ground and the earth removed was used to hide it from casual view. Access was gained by moving a metal manhole cover. There was then a small ladder to take the user down to the cannabis farm itself. The wood ceiling and walls were painted white and there was reflective sheeting on the walls. There were well-fitted floorboards. The police had to make the farm safe by disconnecting the electricity supply from the lamppost. Yeah, pretty much, right? <laughs> so this, this 23-year-old was arrested after his fingerprints were found. Oops. Uh, it was a nice nice idea, though. Yeah, I Just mean, definitely like... Post, dig a hole. Wear gloves. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, be smart about... Yeah, like, if you didn't make it look like it was tampered with, then maybe you would have got away with it. Yeah, I would have <laughs> got away with it, too, if it wasn't for you pesky kids <laughs> and that dog. <laughs> All right. Anything else you found uh, interesting or, or whatever? Absolutely nothing. Is that good? Is that a show? That's a, yeah. All right, well, we'll be back next month with another episode of The Hot Box. Now, maybe, we'll, may, maybe next week. Hopefully. If you want. It's Let's your show do it. now. I have no say in the matter. Oh, really? Whatever you want. <laughs> well, I say we should do another show. Next week? Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> well, until then, definitely keep in touch online. Uh, the Google Plus community we got set up. All that info is at hotboxpodcast.com. So check it out. Matt, Kelsey, this is Farewell. the show. Thanks for listening. Leave a message, 406-204-4687. Check out other shows throughout the week. If you're into comedy, thejamhole.com is for you. If you're into Android, attackoftheandroids.com is for you. If you're into technology, yet another techshow.com is for you. So, uh, there you go. Thanks for listening. Night. If you like you weed, like this weed, is this where, is you, where need you need to, to be. be. <laughs> if you like weed, this is where you need to be.